everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese today. Good morning. Good morning. It is a great day out there. Hopefully you guys are planning your uh, afternoons. Yes. Having good times. We got to finish up our suggestions yeah. for Diane for Diane. Um, how to handle, like if you get a whole bunch of produce, what to do with it before it starts to go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suggested doing some soups that you could even freeze like blended soups yep. and don't be obsessed with them having to have like a million things in them. Just do no. like a few ingredients. Right. Um, I would say with fruit, cook it into like a crisp, a crumble, mm-hmm. something like that. You can always freeze fruit too. do it on a sheet tray, put it in your freezer and then take it off and put it in a bag and yep. then you can freeze it for smoothies. And that's for smoothies or, or like a crisp or a crumble or ice cream or a pie, anything. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Freeze your fruit. For um, sure. And then we're also going to talk um, in the next segment about quick pickling and that's, a really Huge. great way to preserve some vegetables and make them into something really tasty and different. Yeah. So yeah. I hope that helps. Hope I know it's helps. nothing worse. And then I would also say, get some chickens. If you have chickens in your backyard, then you don't even have to worry about it because you just feed the feed. extra stuff to them. And then it's just feed. And then it turns into eggs. I also will say that if you are, if it's getting to like to a point where you're kind of like, oh, I'm not quite sure, but you know, just cook it, make a pasta. I would just like throw everything into a stir fryer, do something yes. where it doesn't, you don't have to worry about like, well, this is an eggplant and then this is a tomato and I don't know, just throw it all together yeah. and cook a giant pasta, throw enough butter and cheese on there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. You can always save things for stock too, like onions, carrots, celery. That's thing. I mean, that can always just be in a Ziploc bag in your freezer yeah. and then you've got it ready to go with your chicken bones and you want to make stock, then you're set. I have three chicken carcasses in Ziploc bags in my freezer waiting to be made into stock. You want up to me. I only have two. I know because <laughs> I couldn't, it was just too hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? After it's been in the, the house is just too hot. I'm like, I'll throw it in the freezer. We'll do it later. Do you do it in your instant pot? I see. I haven't because I've been adjusting. I've been playing with a lot of different flavors on my, on my stock. stock. Okay. And so I don't, I like to add it and, and go with it. I always do it in my slow cooker and I cook it for like a full 24 to 36 hours you really? so that it gets like super bone brothy. My mm-hmm. sister um, has been making it in her instant pot and she was like, you guys, she was texting us about it and she's like, it takes like 40 minutes and it doesn't make your house smell like stock this for two is, days. This is why so many paleo people love the instant pot because of the fact that it keeps your this i mean stephanie meyer says it all the time yeah because otherwise i mean it really is true like i'll have mine going for two days and in the fall and in the winter yeah, you love it i love the stock aroma <laughs> but like when my house is shut up with air conditioning i don't really want stock <laughs> scent going nonstop. yeah i'm gonna say that hey we also have paula on the line we're gonna take her call quickly what's going on paula hi um my husband won a um dinner for a fundraiser at an auction um, last year, and it's coming up in two weeks, which means chef and a wine expert are coming to our house and doing a dinner for 10 people. Yay! Um, so I've never attended one of these, and now I'm hosting one. I'm looking for what am I missing? <laughs> like, aside from cleaning my house within an inch of my life, um, any anything I should be aware of, anything you can... Give me as a pointer. Oh well, my gosh! Are they gonna? Are they? Gonna, you have a wine expert, right? Yeah, a wine expert's coming. He's bringing all the glassware, and he's bringing, um, you know, obviously the wines. And then the chef is coming. I do not know what the menu is. We, you know, I haven't heard back from them yet. Oh, well, I would say that you don't have to worry about knives or anything else. They're gonna bring everything. Yeah. So it'll be like they'll come in and they'll and but just I would say clear. Make sure that you have um, enough 
I, I, they're going to bring everything. Yeah, I mean, just have Even dishware. Even plates, and, uh, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Or unless you want to use your plates, unless you want to like set the table how you want to do. Yeah, I, I love dishes. So yeah. <laughs> oh, so, oh, so you're, you're set. set. I mean, I would just think about music, and then maybe you could do, if you wanted, just from you to your guests, you could do like a cute little takeaway gift Yeah. Um, that then you could hand to them on the way out, and maybe it could be like, a little box of beautiful truffles or you could do like a little thing of um, jam and a baguette or something like that for people to take with them as they leave. It's just sort of a like, thank you for coming. I think that would be really sweet. Oh, that's wonderful. And I also, anything like that. Yeah, I would say that just as far as like stuff in your kitchen, because I've done some of these things where I've come to charity, I've cooked in people's houses, but if you have just olive oil, salt, butter, and a couple of those basics, you don't have to buy a bunch of it. Just make sure that you have you know, good kosher salt or that you have olive oil, you have butter, you have that kind of stuff on hand, just in case, that's always a good idea. Have fun. Have fun, though. Thank you so much. Thanks, You're welcome. Fellas. Oh, my gosh, I love that. I know. Well, hey, guess what? It's time for top two in hour two. Let's do it. Give me the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents one, two, one, two. top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two, will Will it? Will it? All right, this is the time to show you guys when we talk about two things we are sort of obsessed with <laughs> all week long. Let's go. You start first. Okay, I'm obsessed with Bobby Flay's pizza dough <gasps> recipe. Okay, oh. so here's the deal. I started to make, um, I did some homemade pizzas the last couple of weeks, and yeah. I wanted to do this with my kids. Um, I posted about it on my Insta stories, and um, my daughter, Bernadette, who's three and a half, rolling out the pizza dough and having so much fun. Pizzas are the best. So here's um, what happened. I know it's really hot, so heating up your oven to 500 degrees is not really ideal, but listen, that's what I did. I also just got my electric bill, and it's feeling a little high. So anyway, <laughs> just be aware if that's what's, what you're going to do. But yeah. Bobby Flay's pizza dough recipe, um, what I really love about it is that it's bread flour, okay? So I had some bread flour uh, sent to me from the folks at Bakersfield, and you know, they mill their own flour right in Minneapolis in the food building. Yes. I'm a big fan of their breads. I buy their brioche every week. It's like what I use for toast, for grilled cheese, for everything like that. And um, so they sent me some of their bread flour to try and I was kind of like, oh, what am I going to do that's different? Bread flour has a little bit of a higher protein content. Yes. And so I was looking up bread flour pizza crust recipes, and and what I learned from reading about Bobby Flay's is that when you use bread flour in a pizza dough, it's going to automatically lead to a crispier crust. And the trouble with making pizza in your home oven is that your home oven only gets up to 500, 550 degrees. Right. Where, so you aren't going to get like the crisp from the hot oven. But right. the bread flour totally solves the problem, Stephanie March. I love this. So I made the bread flour pizza dough. I actually um, made one batch and then I made two small, it, two pizzas. I cut it into four pizza sizes. I have a pizza stone in my oven. So I preheat the pizza stone with it. Top it with some things, put it in. It turned out so delicious. And then I wrapped up the other two pizza dough balls in plastic wrap, kept them in my fridge and made them two nights ago. So it lasted for like days in my fridge. Totally. Came home on a weeknight, rolled it out, popped some easy toppings on and made pizza. And my family was like obsessed. I mean, my husband said, he's like, this is just as good, if not better than any pizza that we go get anywhere. Punch or whatever. Anywhere, yeah. right. And so you can do it at home, but I really love the key is the bread flour. So there's also, remember a long time ago, everyone was fascinated by the double zero flour? Yes. That's the same, it's the same gluten ratio it as is. bread flour. So when you hear people like obsessing about double zero, oh, the Italian double zero flour, and the Antimo Caputo, which is the 
they have it at Brodish Cucina. You could try a bag of that and your bread flour and see how that goes. Great. But I'm just saying that that is the reason that bread flour is so great is because of that higher gluten factor. That It totally is. It's really very easy. So it was just, um, we'll post it on the Weekly Dish show page because I linked it up. And so you can get the recipe, but it is really easy and you let it rise for an hour it's totally doable yeah. um, and then the nice thing is like if you do it on a Saturday or a Sunday and then you've got the pizza dough you can make extra and then keep it and it, I, I kid you not I mean I work full time I have two tiny kids and I did it on a weeknight and it was no problem yeah no, the I, pizzas take nine minutes in the do. oven. I they mean, do. it's so fast. It's so, so fast. No, I love that stuff. Good idea. It was really fun. Okay, we'll link up to that recipe, too. What are you loving, lady? Um, I'm just going to tell you that it's restaurant week next week. Yes. So I, that's a thing that I love because I think it's always so much fun. And there are so many great deals happening all over town. Of course, uh, with the magazine, we are just so ecstatic that there are... Um, over 60 restaurants involved Great. this time. So what I love about that is that you can find, you know, the restaurants that you want to go to that you haven't tried yet, maybe. And um, one of the cup, I'm going to tell you a couple of my top picks for those. Okay. Uh, Katanomisa. Mm, have you been to Katanomisa yet? No. Okay. So the Japanese restaurant that has taken over the origami space, you know, is Katanomisa. And they're kind of like the, the ground floor space is in the North Loop. We're talking. Yep. The ground floor space is just beautiful. I've talked about it a lot. I've, you know, long time <laughs> listeners will know. Um, is sort of the sushi place, very calm and cool, casual. And then upstairs, there's both a very dark and cool whiskey bar. Fabulous. And then also a finer dining, like coarse tasting menu, Kaiseki. So what they're doing with this, uh, with the Katanomisa or with the uh, restaurant week is they're doing three courses. I think it's like 30 or $35. And you get like kind of like a little sampling from each place. Great. So you get this really great, you know, sort of plate of sashimi sushi, um, or nigiri. And then you also get, you know, some Wagyu beef skewers and some cute little whiskey snacks. And then you get, uh, you know, just like a beautiful mochi ball. Fabulous. I know. So it's a good, it's a good opportunity to go in and check it out and see what that place is about. Also Esker Grove. Oh my God. They have a yellow bass on their menu for restaurant week. That is and a cucumber salad with ricotta salada, that beautiful cheese. I love that. Oh, it's so beautiful and so good. Esker Grove. Esker Grove, which is, of course, you could walk through the sculpture garden and oh, then, great. you know, go and sit and have dinner and it's like 30 bucks. So make your restaurant week reservations. Yes, you want to do that. ASAP. ASAP. Okay. Next what's your thing um, is a jar of bacon fat. I love bacon fat. I was just reminded this week um, when we made uh, Sarah Kiefer from... Um, Oh, yeah, Vanilla Bean. She's a fantastic blogger. Yeah, she has the Vanilla Bean baking book. She came on Twin Cities Live this week and she made, um, she did our Monday night meal and she made like a souped up spaghetti sauce. So just like used a jar of pasta sauce, but she used bacon fat to cook the meat. You should be, every time you make bacon, you should put the fat in a jar. You should keep it in your fridge and then you should scoop it out and you should use it because otherwise you're just wasting it. You don't even need to leave it it in your fridge. Yeah, you can can leave leave it on on the counter. Mine sits right next to my sink. Anywhere, ready to go. I pop my popcorn in it. I know. You can use it for so many things. And especially if you're buying good bacon, it's such a sad waste. I get agree. Rid of it. I agree. It's yeah. too. And you're, what are you doing? Putting it in your sink? You can't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. No. All right. My quick last top two in hour two is Frio Frio, which is Katie Jurdy's. Oh yeah. And she's from Angel Food Bakery, and she has a little bicycle powered ice cream. Kiosk. She makes her little ice lollies. She, they're ice lollies, exactly. Jake and I were at the Robinsdale Whiz Bang days last night, and she was there, and we both had these popsicles that his was like a raspberry sorbet. Mine was orange carrot. Ginger. She's fantastic. If you get the orange, there's uh, there's like an avocado lime. Mm-hmm. There's a whole cute confetti one. But the orange carrot ginger one, 
I was just sitting there thinking, I wish I had, of course, I wish I had a thing of gin to dip it in. <laughs> but I mean, it was the perfect, cooling, beautiful moment for a hot summer day. And it was not too sweet, but it was rich. It had so much flavor. Frio, frio. And you follow them and then they'll um, tell you where they are showing up. Yeah, do it. Katie, fabulous. She's awesome. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about pickling because a lot of people have questions about pickling. Quick pickle. We're going to quick pickle and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. If you miss any of our, you know, super intelligent and wise ways, discussions (laughs) of things... Uh, you're definitely going to want to dial into the podcast. You can listen to it anytime. I always do that. I know. Mm-hmm. It's just easy. It's all in the back. Uh, it's all in the backspace. It's fun to re-listen to, too. And then you can go to the Weekly Dish show page, too, because lots of links are posted there. If there are things that we talk about uh, that we say too fast. One of our little friends, Lisa, I don't know if she's listening to her scarns. She uh, was on a flight. She sent me a note saying that she was on a like an international flight and none of the entertainment stuff was working. And so she, thank God, had the podcast there for her. She said she listened to the Weekly Dish for like seven hours. <laughs> That's a lot she of She said she listened dish. to the Thanksgiving show like twice. <laughs> I was like, you must have been so hungry when you got off that plane. It was really fun. Uh, all right, let's talk about pickling because... Also, I have some, I have my own issues with pickling. Pickling is one of those things that I think we all go, oh, you can pickle. It's no big deal. And when you learn about quick pickling, you think it's going to be so easy. But there are people who have some issues with the right levels of things. And we're talking quick pickling your vegetables, which is, I mean, just a fast and easy quick concoction you stick in the fridge. Refrigerator pickles are definitely different from canning. So when you're preserving via water bath canning or pressure canning, you are preserving food in glass jars that can then... Um, have a seal so it can sit out on, um, you know, on a rack in your pantry for a year. I mean, for longer than that, really. Right. But um, when you are quick pickling, you're making something, you're using a brine, like a vinegar, some sugar, um, some spices, and then you're pouring it over the vegetables and then just letting it sit. And then you put it in the fridge and then they're preserved for about two months. Yeah. What's great about quick pickling is I think the vegetables maintain a little bit more of their crispness. Yes. Because they're not like cooked, cooked. in a water bath canner. Right. It's also way less labor intensive in terms of time and in terms of seals and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. And then they're super delicious. They are super delicious. So Lori Kroll, who owns Golden Fig in St. Paul, she came on Twin Cities Live this week and she did um, some quick pickle recipes. Uh, we posted them on TwinCitiesLive.com and we've got them linked up on the Weekly Dish show page. Great. But what's great is that she does um, really, really easy. It's just like a bunch of spices and vinegar, water, sugar. Done. Done. Fabulous. Done. Really easy. Um. What about the sugar situation? I want to tell people that you have to have the sugar. I, this was a thing where some people were saying, you don't need the sh-, Like, they are cutting down on sugar. Yeah. Like, what if I don't want the sugar? And I, I said, so here's the deal. With vinegar, if you just do vinegar and salt, it's going to be tart. And, like, you're going to have that, like, yeah. super throat thing happening. <laughs> and it's going to be fine if that's what you want. But you're not going to have the tang. She did some refrigerator. She did a couple versions because she did a bread and butter pickle that had sugar in it. And then she did an, another one with pickled vegetables that didn't have any sugar in it. Yeah. And I think you just have to know you just have to, what you like. But yeah. if you do it yourself, you will get bread and butter pickles. You can make them way less sweet than oh. ones you buy in the store. Some well, of them in the store are sickeningly sweet. Oh, I can't even. I actually don't like bread and butter pickles because of that. I just, I don't want, in fact, when, by the way, P.S. Rest 
restaurants, when you put a pickle on a burger, you need to say if it's a bread and butter pickle. If it's, <laughs> like that ruins an entire burger for me. It's just unbelievable. Um, but I will just a little bit of sugar gives you that tang that you're looking for. You don't have to worry that like if you put some sugar into your pickle mix, it's yeah. not going to be a bread and butter pickle. No, it's That's just a little thing. bit of a balance. It's a, it's, it just helps the acidity and it sort of gives it that fermenty thing. What I like about refrigerator pickles too that I noticed is that when you do um, this way, you know, different foods have different acidity levels. So when you're canning them, you have to be careful about like what you're putting in. You can't always do like carrots and cucumbers together. Right. Because it just doesn't work very well Mm-mm. when you're and, you, and you've got to get your pH right and all that jazz. So when you're doing refrigerator pickles, you can put carrots. Lori put snap peas, cucumbers, mm. carrots all in one jar. Yep. And it doesn't matter because you're putting it in the fridge. Right. So um, we also had a tweet from oh gosh Catherine she says her favorite dill pickle recipe is from Bobby Flay oh yeah and it's on foodandwine.com and, and you yeah and you can put in little you know I mean we do pickled onions all the time yeah and pickled I do onions that, are great that's just you know when you see those tacos with that bright pink pickled red sort onions. of string thing on top that's a beautiful rendition it's a nice those. thing because they do last a long time and you can give them to people as a gift I mean as long as they keep them refrigerated they're fantastic and it's a fabulous way to use up uh, cucumbers. Yeah. I mean, my cucumbers. I went. I went out there this morning, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's a lot happening. I gotta get in harvest mode asap." Do you? I don't have cucumbers like yet. Oh, mine are ready. See, I don't know. Mine are Japanese cucumbers. I did do those. I don't know if that makes a difference. I or don't not. know either. I mean, different varieties definitely go at different ways. Different but times. my my zucchini is hopping. I mean, my cucumbers are ready to go. So I want to get them off there and start um, doing some pickles. Right so will away. you do? Will you put those into jars, or will you slice and do? I mean, like, will you put them in and do like whole pickles? Will you slice and go small pickles? I'm, I'm gonna this year. I think I'm gonna slice them, okay. and then I'm just gonna do a lot of quick pickles. I okay. don't know if I'm gonna can a bunch of them with a water bath canning. I don't. I mean, to me, it's like at home they're good, but they always end up not that crisp. Yeah, and so then I tend to just buy them. Yeah, but the the refrigerator pickles. Yeah. Well, and I like to like again. I like to slice those suckers yeah. and do like really a good thin shaved fridge pickle. And then I put those. I ended up those end up on my sandwiches. Yep. They end up in my salads. They end up sometimes, you know, and sometimes just sitting out and eating as a snack. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Refrigerator pickles. I, I am down with it. Um, jalapenos too. Yes. So this is the other thing. I was growing peppers and growing little jalapenos. And slicing those up, and what I've done with those is I've just sliced them sort of into mini, sort of like thick slices. Yeah. And I keep the seeds in there because I want the heat. Me too. And then I throw in a bunch of garlic, like sliced garlic in there as well, just to kind of give it some guts. And then I've just done vinegar, a little bit of honey. Oh. And then the water and salt, a little, a little bit of salt, yeah. And then I just let those sit in the fridge. Sometimes I throw some chives in there too. That's a great idea. I know. And actually those, I don't even, they don't even need, because they have so much guts with the actual pepper flavor. Yeah. I don't need them to be super, I think the honey mellows it and it gives it something, but it doesn't give it like tang. Yes. Which I like. Because I want it to have crunch and spice, but I also want that tang. I need to do that with my jalapenos too. My jalapenos are going in the garden. I've got tons of them. (gasps) I do have, I have like three. I have a ghost pepper that I need to figure out when to pick it. Oh gosh. I know. Pick it and you know, listen, I know proceed with caution. I know. I love it. I love it. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We are going to continue talking our garden talk because we have a zucchini situation. We're all going to have a zucchini situation yes, in like a week or two. I'm going to help you solve it. We're going to do it. We'll be right back. This is a weekly dish.
Welcome back to Weekly Dish, everybody. Hopefully you're enjoying your day and your morning. Let's talk. Let's get into the garden, shall we? I always want to get into the garden. I, the reason that I love when you're here, this is the great. And this was, you know, we had a caller earlier who said how great it is to have, you know, the summer guest host. And I think it's fun because I know that when you're here, I'm going to talk about garden stuff. Aww. And I love that. And Molly doesn't grow, uh, you know, stuff in a garden. So when she's here, we talk more about kitchen, restauranty kind yep. of things like that. But I have a one track garden mind. You do. But <laughs> it's like during the summer, what else? I mean, like, that's it, right? Yeah. We are. And if you have a garden... My God, you become obsessed. I'm totally obsessed. It's really fun. And I think you don't have to garden. I'm I'm seeing more and more people who are just saying like, oh, I'm not growing everything. I'm just growing a few things. And I'm inspired to just get started and just grow a couple of things. Yeah. So you don't have to feel like you've got to turn your whole yard into an urban farm. That, my friend, I would applaud, but you don't right. have to do that. Well, that. well, think about you. That was the beginning of your journey. I mean, you've mm-hmm. been on this journey for like five years. For a long time. I mean, I started growing herbs and tomatoes on the balcony of my deck of my apartment when yes. I worked in Green Bay. Right. I mean, when I was a reporter and a weekend anchor there and, you know, 12 years ago. So right. it's, um, you know, it's definitely an evolution, but I just think... Grow something, mm-hmm. grow something. It feels so good and it's so fun. And then you'll end up um, with food, tons of food, and it's free. It's free. That's what I loved. Every <gasps> time I feel like I'm going down to the garden, I'm not buying any herbs like at all during no, the summer. I, I never buy a package of herbs. It's free. It's free. Yeah. Tell me about your zucchini situation. Okay, so the zucchini are going crazy. I don't know about you guys, but mine are banging. I mean, I've already plucked three off and I've got at least three more to get out of there today. Because you can't also let them get too big. No, because when they get too big they get like really just kind of woody The flavor gets out and it gets too seedy. I will do um, I'll kind of scrape out the seeds on the inside and I will shred them and save them in um, bags and I'll usually do like two cup portions in um, Ziploc bags in my freezer and then I can pull them out and just throw it in a soup. That's a good idea. I can use it in, I use them in a lot of baked goods. Yep. So, okay, I have a couple of things to share with you about zucchini. Number one, if you are struggling with zoodles, I want you to use this method to make sure that your zucchini noodles are not soggy. And I've had a lot of people ask me about zoodles and say that they don't like them because they get all wet and soupy. What? So what I do is they're cooking them too long. Too They're cooking them too long, but they're also not double straining. So I do this double strain method. I believe that I invented it. Are you boiling? No. Okay. I just, um, I'm going to shut up and talk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I take the zucchini noodles. You do the spiralizing. I put them in a colander that's set over a bowl. Then I take a bunch of salt. Yeah put it all over and kind of like toss it together and let them sit for like 20 minutes. You'll get like maybe a little bit of water that'll fall into the bowl. But the more important thing about it is you're drawing the water out. Mm -hmm. And so then when you put them into saute, Mm -hmm. you're already speeding up the process of drawing some of that water out. Right. Then I heat up. I usually use ghee to cook my zucchini noodles. I put a little scoop of ghee. You can do olive oil. You could do whatever. Um, in a saute pan, I toss them and let them go for probably no more than five minutes. I mean, it's really, I would go higher heat and lower time. Yes. And then I take the whole pot and pour it back into that colander. And you will see, Steph, like a solid half a cup at least of water will come out. And you're not rinsing them. You don't rinse them. No. I don't do anything. No. But you've gotten so much of the water out that you maintain like the crispy yeah. noodles. And you, so you keep some of the texture. And then I put them on a plate and then top with whatever sauce and kind of toss it. it together. So you could do like a pesto. You can do, I mean, I do a meat sauce a lot or a spaghetti sauce or whatever. But putting it in the strainer first with the salt 
Yeah. And then the strain after the saute is the key because otherwise you end up with like a soup. I know. I don't actually salt them at all. Really? Sometimes if I'm doing them, I don't salt them in the beginning or the end. I wait or I wait until I salt my plate. Ah. So that there's so that they may have a little bit more water. When you heat them, they will leach a little bit more water. But yep. I do I I really do a very quick saute on yeah. them. Yeah. And so I do a super quick saute with garlic. And oftentimes I'll just throw that pesto on right then, whip it around and then serve it. And so you're not really getting, mine are almost barely cooked. Okay. So that would be the other difference. But I really like the idea of when I'm doing like a sauce. Yes. That I would want to do a double strain. Yeah. Do the double strain. Because you do need to have, if you want to do a sauce, you need to have a little bit more time with Mm -hmm. it. Ooh, I like it. Do you make do you make fritters ever? Zucchini fritters? Yes, I do. Okay. And I posted, um, I think we linked up a recipe from my um nearly dearly departed blog that I never update. So <laughs> just don't watch for updates because it's really not great. But back in um I mean it was like five years ago, six years ago, that I made this recipe for these zucchini corn fritters. And yes. they're almost like a cross between a fritter and a pancake. And that is like my number one favorite thing to make. And then I do an herb sour cream to serve with it. Literally the only thing I fry. Yes. I fry zucchini pancakes. So I do. Yeah. And I I shallow fry. I mean, I'm not deep frying them, but you totally could. Mm -hmm. But they they are so good. What is your technique, though, for making sure that the center gets done? You know, I do them. um, I'm essentially making like a pancake batter. You are, you're putting flour, you're putting mm-hmm. stuff in. And then I'm adding a ton of zucchini and a ton of corn and a bunch of herbs. Okay. And then, um, so that's why it's like a cross between. Yeah. Cause I shred my zucchini and then I throw in a bunch of herbs yep. into there and then garlic, little pieces. And then I usually sprinkle the flour and the egg in there. Okay. And then I toss it all around and I try to make, but I sometimes still feel that my oil, it's maybe my oil is the problem is that I'm doing it too hot. I burn the outside and I don't get the center. Cooked. Well, that could totally be it. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing them flat enough? That's not the other problem. If you don't do them round, thick. if you do them flatter, yeah. that might help. And then it's a little bit more of like latka style. Yeah, that's you know? kind of what ends up being. Yes. So I love doing that. And then the other thing, um, any sort of like baked goods, like I just found this recipe that I'm going to be making that we linked up as well. And it's from this Rachel Schultz blog. Yeah. Um, but she has a pumpkin zucchini muffin. So I like pumpkin year round. I mean, I make pumpkin pancakes for my kids all the time. They love them. And I I love love like, I always just like adding like a little bit of veg into things. Yeah. But this recipe looked fantastic and it's tons of grated zucchini and pumpkin puree. And then you can make these and again, like freeze them and then just pop them out for kids snacks or to like keep in your bag instead of, um, you know, a lame protein bar. You've got that ready to go. That looks real good. I know. They look really, really good. So thinking of ways to like use up the zucchini, but you also have to get them. That I mean, you, so you got to get them off of the plant before they're massive. Yeah. And it's a, what a difference a day makes. I mean, one day you'll go out there and you'll go, I need to pick that. And then the next day you'll be like, oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, no, it really is. It is something that, and then when you see them at farmer's markets too, I always think like, who's buying the big ones? You know, why are I know. you doing that? I mean, they are, you can shred them again. Like I shred them and then I use them in things um, all the time. Because a lot of people do. Yeah. Do you put, I mean, you put them into, into, I do zucchini bread, you know, yes, I, I mean, zucchini that's just, bread all the time. that's just a great thing that somebody made a squash pie with zucchini and they, it was really, I remember who it was. They brought it on the show. I think like, a year ago. Oh, fun. I know. And it was this whole like controversy about like a squash pie. And I'm like, well, that's a pumpkin pie, you guys. Yeah, no kidding. It's the same thing. Like, why wouldn't, like, you it's don't freak out squash. when you say pumpkin pie. No. That's a squash. Yeah. 
and they were freaking out about. I mean, maybe it was Bradley. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but do you? So do you have enough freezer space for all the things that you're freezing? I have a deep freeze. I you have do. a big giant deep freeze, and then I have two refrigerators. Okay, because I just kept thinking we've talked about you putting jars in your freezer and your fridges in your freezer. Guys, I have 1,100 square feet, and half of it is dedicated <laughs> to food storage. <laughs> it's like really ridiculous. Yeah, but I do have a deep freeze. If you're thinking to. Um, I have been I mean I've been going to Costco lately and I've been seeing their deep freezers and I'm like I don't know why everyone doesn't have this cuz they're really not very expensive. Yeah. And it makes such a big difference. I have to have a deep freezer. I mean I buy you know I buy pork in bulk. I buy beef direct from the farmer. Mm-hmm. I like to buy things in bulk to try to save some cash and um so then I've got some space. But I do have to do some organization and I need to be better about like an inventory list because I start to look through and then in the bottom I'm like wait a second. Like those pork chops have been in there for a while. Where is your freezer in your garage or is it in your... It's in the basement. We have an unfinished basement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We have an unfinished basement, which is the greatest gift. Is it? I love unfinished basements. Do you really? Oh, they make me so happy. You put racks of stuff down there. It's like, it's it's your root cellar. Yeah. You just can store things. That's exactly, exactly what it is. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up, tell you the moral of the story and kind of run down some events. And maybe we'll talk about those fats that we want to talk about. We promised that we would talk to you about fat. (laughs) And we're going to do it. Yeah, we'll be right back. Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are wrapping it up today. We do have Allison on the phone who is calling to share a zucchini recipe. Allison, what you got? Hi. So it's more like a tip. Okay. Um, We recently switched from, um, like, red meat to primarily using ground turkey and chicken. Okay. And if you, the best thing in the world, because they can get so dry. Yeah. um, so, So shredded zucchini saute it up with onion and garlic Mm. and add that to your ground meat oh and it adds a ton of moisture a ton of flavor and i'm sure you could probably do it with like a lean ground beef too so add it to like like if you're making burgers like you do the sauteed zucchini and onion and let it cool and then add it into the raw meat and cook it yep and if you i've learned the hard way if you add the zucchini and raw it just becomes way too it releases too much moisture and the burgers or the meat falls apart yep um, but it works for meatballs, burgers. Um, I'm going to experiment with meatloaf come fall time. Ooh, I like so the idea of like some like Thai or like Asian meatballs with the zucchini in yeah. with the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, that just totally is my new jam. Good idea. <laughs> Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Thanks for the tips, lady. lady. Ooh, that's a good idea. That just made me like my stomach actually growl. That I was would like, make me want good. a turkey burger and I don't often want them. No, they're hard. I know. I Yeah. But I like um I like ground like turkey and chicken in like Asian things. Yes. And then with the idea of the, I feel like the zucchini would be fantastic with that. Or even goat, like we were just talking about. No, two thirds of the world subsists on goat, my or, friend. I'm going to tell you, goat, it's going to take a little while longer, but it's going to get there I for the cheese. Americans. Yeah. I for know. the Americans, it's just us. Yes. Really. Fair. Um. Okay. So let's just quickly run down some of these cookbooks. I want you guys to know that we have now with this one question of what's the last cookbook you got and what's your favorite in your collection have amassed a really nice list of books for you to peruse. Fabulous. Is it on the Facebook page? It's on the Facebook page. Great. Some people are saying, you know, uh, basically the Bouchon bakery cookbook. Brenda, she's saying it took her two years, but she baked everything in the book from cover to cover. Okay, Brenda, you're my hero. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Sarah's saying she got Kachka yesterday and I don't know what that book is. Um, so I'm going to look that up, which I love. A lot of people were saying that they're local church cookbooks. 
Are their favorites. Those are really fun. Yes, I, I love that. That's great. I know. Uh, there's uh, Jack was saying that uh, she bought a little hardcover called Mexican for a dollar twenty five, <laughs> plus shipping and handling from a second seller through Amazon. Cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, Anaheim chowder that she made from it was great. She said. Um, there's a lot of things like, but I never. I could never go vegan. That's a cookbook. If you're wondering about how to go vegan. Really cool. Yep. There's a lot of great things on here. So go check it out. Even Hanson weighed in. She said the joy of the cooking joy of for cooking. everything. Yep. You know, Ina for entertaining. Oh, she, Ina Garten. Yeah. Yep. Ina. You're right. It's Ina, mm-hmm. not Ina. That's okay. Um, but a lot more, like plenty more everyday Mexican, lots of great things. So if you want to add in or maybe go and see what's uh, what people have found. Oh, there. boy, it is really inspiring. Oh, Kareen wrote Smashed, Mashed, Boiled and Baked by Raghavan Iyer. <sighs> and that is his, um, you know, he is, of course, the king of Indian cooking. He's and he's so lovely. But, but a, he did this whole cookbook man. all about potatoes. potatoes. And it is, I mean, really. I know. Fantastic. That's yeah. good. That's a yeah. really good list. Yeah. So, you know, have a little look at this and we'll talk about cookbook club stuff maybe this fall. I don't know. I like it. I think we got to come up with something. We have to talk about full fat dairy. Okay. Let's talk about full fat dairy. Okay. So the news is, uh, this is a big study that came out and got a lot of um, attention this week. New research published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition says there is actually no significant link between dairy fats and cause of death. So what they're talking about is that... <laughs> Low fat dairy is not better for you. And there are other studies that are coming out. There was another one in Europe that said that dairy, even full fat, has a neutral effect on human health. The FDA still advises fat-free and low fat dairy products. And I'm going to tell you that they are behind the times. Like all the research coming out Mm -hmm. is that full fat dairy is where it's at. And when it comes to dairy, I mean... When you think about it, you take out the fat, you're left with the lactose, which is the sugar. Yep. And your body is just getting sugar with no fat. And the fat is where the flavor is. And the fat is where a ton of the vitamins are are stored. And I know this isn't like a health food show, but I just think like we wreck so much stuff by over-processing it. Yeah. And this is how we've ruined dairy. Put the skim milk back. Don't, I, I can't even tell you the last time that I bought skim milk or ordered a coffee, like a latte with skim. In fact, that's a number one way, you guys. Like, take out your lattes. Take out the skim in your lattes. Do a full fat latte. Yes. And then, honestly, see how much better you feel, but also fuller. You know, because caffeine is obviously going to rev you up. But that that full milk fat helps keep you fuller so that you don't aren't snacking on you know, little stupid things. All yeah, day. little donuts and things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And so just keep the sugar. If up. dairy doesn't work for you, then don't have it. But if you can have dairy, you should always choose the full fat, yeah. full fat yogurt. For the love of God, hey, yeah, the low fat has got to go. I know it's weird. And so actually, that was a trend we we're seeing at the fancy food show. That was how we we were going to wrap all this together too, uh, because the ghee, which is Definitely a healthy fat, mm-hmm. you know, clarified butter, clarified butter. And when you do that, you just basically separate out the milk solids, which is that's the sugars we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you get this beautiful, clear sort of yellowy butter flavor. You still get all the flavor. And that's a healthy fat that you can use on. You can cook with it. You can use it. You can spread it on things. I have the jar sitting outside, yeah. sitting right next to my sink. That is the number one thing I pop my popcorn in. No, I love ghee. Yeah, yeah. I use ghee all the time. It is really And it great. is a little bit more expensive, but you can find 
find it at, uh, I mean, they have them in all the dairy, you can find them at Trader Joe's. I know. You can find it at, um, you know, all the ones about earliest cup foods. Everybody has it. Well, and you can make it yourself, but I think it's a pain. I think you should just buy it. <laughs> I'm going to say that too. It's just, it's easier. I mean, you can, and that's great. But I just think if you're buying really good butter, yeah. it's, it ends up being more cost effective to just buy the really good ghee. Yeah, I really do. I really believe you should. Okay, you guys, guess what? There's a ton of stuff going on this weekend. If you're not just, you know, revving to get out the door because you had to sit and listen to Weekly Dish, of course. Um, but this Bastille Day is happening all weekend. I know. There's like parties at Belcor today. There's parties at, you know, Meritage is doing the food at the Landmark Center in St. Paul tomorrow. And uh, also Barbette's annual block party is a ton of fun. It's the National Day of France. I mean, it's a big it deal. Is. And, of course, they are playing in the World Cup. Yes. I mean, on the Bastille Day party weekend. Against Croatia. Against Croatia. And, you know, um, Ryan, who's the producer on the Donna and Steve show during the week, he yeah. is 25% Croatian. Oh, I didn't know that. So he's been, like, loving it and talking about Croatian food and eating all these great Croatian things. Oh. And he's going to eat some cabbage rolls. Listen. And I thought, well, I can get behind that. Uh, and plus, you know, it's like Hansen went to Croatia like twice or three times on her cruise. Yes. And she that's one of her favorite places in the world. People love Croatia. So much greatness. The little country that could. If you're also looking for things, uh, Tattersall Distilling is three years old and they have been partying since Wednesday. <laughs> so maybe you want to check in and see how they are. But they're basically having, you know, parties all night. The big thing ends on Sunday where the Solid Gold, they have a huge lineup of music and Solid Gold is playing. Fun. Fun band, fun stuff going on. Dragon Festival. Let's have a moment to talk about Dragon Festival's happening at Lake Phelan. Have you guys ever gone? I haven't gone. So the Dragon Festival is a celebration of the South uh, Asian, you know, or Southeast Asian and Pacific Asian cultures. Okay, I want to eat already. Already, I'm telling you, if you want like egg rolls and lumpia and you want pad thai, you want all these beautiful foods. Yes, yes, yes. They're all there. And there's also dragon boat races. It's totally family friendly. Just go to Lake Phelan, hang out, buy a bunch of food and yes. just watch these dragon boats race. Okay, that sounds really fun. It's really great. It's today and tomorrow. Great. So you still have time. Um, and then, of course, it is uh, something I want to tell you is that it's the history of the margarita happening at Bar Luchador. Ooh. Uh, it's a bunch of bartenders on Monday night. They've sent up, they're doing this sort of education of fun, you know, of liquor history. And so they're going to teach you the history of the margarita in nine drinks. <laughs> Call an Uber. I'm just saying, you don't have to go to work on Tuesday. Call an Uber. It's not a big deal. What are you going to do with the rest of your day, girl? Oh my gosh, I've got some family stuff to happen. We're going to hit the pool tomorrow. Um, I'm going to get out in the garden and do some harvesting. And I think I'm going to do some of those refrigerator pickles you are so that i get things under control i gotta assess my white vinegar inventory at my house okay but i use it right. for everything so right and that's the other thing is you don't have to we didn't talk about the vinegar choices because a lot of people use apple cider vinegar and a lot of people get worried about well i only have this other stuff just play around yeah you play know? around and have have a little bit of fun and yeah. get out to the farmer's markets i haven't been um i haven't been to mill city yet oh this season it's the the joy and the curse of the garden is that you end up with so much stuff that I you know. kind of grow yourself. That I have a friend who's doing a she's doing a farm share from Gail Woods Farm, oh, which yeah. is out by us. And Jake and I just popped over to Gail Woods on our way back from Macanthoons. Like we go to Macanthoons and we bought our meat, and then we stopped into Gail Woods. We got garlic scapes and broccoli, and then we went home and cooked, and it was just like so great. Oh, gosh, eat well, my friends. Yes, do well. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. Ciao, ciao, everybody.